Hey guys, Bryce here from Flex Cortex. All content on the Flex Cortex podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitution for medical advice from a qualified health professional. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Welcome back. Uh, welcome to Flex Cortex. Today we're going to be talking about fulfillment. Uh, we're going to be uh, talking with our lovely guest, Stephen. Thank you so much for joining us, Stephen. It's great to have you. Happy to be here, gentlemen. So we're going to be talking about uh, taking initiative and the necessary steps to live the life you basically want to live. Uh, that's all part of the fulfillment journey. So... Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We know you have a very special story regarding that. Uh, Stephen is the owner of uh, Doll Body Mind and is located out of Red Deer. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for coming on and uh, making time for us, Stephen. Yeah, of course. So, I was uh, excited. So just to start us off, like, how long have you been in fitness? Honestly, probably since I first discovered or first realized um, – but I was skinnier than everyone else around me. Um, that was probably somewhere around 10, 12 years ago. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, definitely one way to get into fitness is just, you know, uh, kind of going from that superficial level of comparing yourself to others, especially your peers at a young age and being like, hey, is there something I can do about this to change it? And then going about and doing that and then actually developing uh, into a place where you get into fitness. It's a, maybe not the ideal way to get into it, but it's still good. That was the end result. Yeah, I mean... It starts off with that vanity reason, right? 100%. Um, and my perspective is always that it doesn't really matter what brings you into it. Because um, there's so much opportunity for other types of growth that aren't so vain. Right. So even if you're starting just because you hate the way you look, um, as you kind of realize that you can take a little bit more control of yourself and your life, you know, some of the self growth that's less superficial kind of sneaks in under the rug. And that's why I think it provides so much opportunity for that is that um, you, it's unassuming. Right. Mm. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. Stephen and I were just were speaking before about, uh, we had a good talk about fulfillment and about uh, careers and about everything like that on our drive to, uh, to Calgary. And um, this podcast is kind of more or less inspired by that one. So we're really excited to jump into this one and tell all of our viewers and listeners about your, your history and kind of where you're wanting to go as far as fitness and all that stuff, all the connections you want to make too, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I, I don't see my journey as anything particularly special, but uh, I, I definitely am doing it to kind of inspire others who are on a similar journey as me um, and maybe feel a little bit stuck, feel a little bit, again, unfulfilled. Um, I mean, we're all we're all on the same journey, right? 100%. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, you know... I think a lot of people who get into the fitness space, even at the, you know, a lot of people will get into it at just the personal level and just 
do it to get in shape or stay active. Um, and then a few people will actually go on to try and make it into a, a career or talk about it. Uh, it's something that all three of us are doing now, which is, mm. I think, it takes a unique individual to do it. But I think the paths that get there, uh, even though we share so many similarities, all of our paths there are going to be so diverse. And that's what kind of makes it a beautiful thing. Why it makes it so interesting to have guests on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, fitness itself looks so different, right? Like it can be whatever you enjoy, right? Like it can be as simple as just going for a nightly walk, right? Like it doesn't have to be getting jacked and lifting weights. I know, you know, so many people are so afraid that if they get into weights, they're, they're going to get jacked or they're going to look so different. But I mean, I've been trying for 10 years now to look jacked and I, (laughs) I'm still struggling with it myself. Right. So I mean, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing in just the different motivations that can go into it and just the different outputs of what it can look like and what you kind of enjoy most. And as I'm getting into coaching, I find that that's one of the biggest things when you're getting to know each client is getting to know what fitness looks like to them and how they're going to enjoy it most, right? Mm. Yeah. I think like we discussed last time, it, uh, fitness definitely positively impacts every other aspect of your life right starts off with just lifting weights but that routine and can definitely expand and it can actually positively affect other aspects as well so it's huge yeah Yeah, we'll jump into the we'll jump into the next question here um how long have you been working in the oil field i think i got into it about six years ago um it was just a happen chance um my first job was actually delivering, well, not my first job, the f- job prior to it, sorry, was delivering parcels for um, a, a similar company to USPS or whatever like that. Um, and I remember one of the driving factors to getting into that was that um, one of my friends at the time had told me I was too thin to, uh, to do a heavy lifting job like that. Um, and it was just kind of a big screw you. So I got into that. And I had the the most heavy lifting route um, out of everybody on the job. Um, And I went with that for a couple of years and then ultimately it just led into the oil field. Um, And I've been there ever since. I kind of worked my way into a bit of a management position. Um, I'm currently a logistics manager. Um, So I get a lot of of sedentary time to just uh, think about other things and I figured it was a perfect opportunity to kind of springboard off of that and use any extra ass time I had at my job to kind of work on a side gig, right? Yeah. It's uh, really cool that, uh, you know, a lot of jobs might not give you the opportunity to, and a lot of oil field jobs won't either. So it's really kind of, uh, you know, uh, serendipity where you're kind of falling into this from, you know, your... Uh, parcel job where you, again that's a job where you don't have much time to yourself to you know reflect and be like okay maybe i should start a side gig or something like that because you're driving and lifting packages all day um mm-hmm. so it's really cool that you know it, it might not have been a direct path but it's definitely a path that's kind of taking you around a winding road to you know uh, where you're kind of combining two loves and also uh getting a nice f you off to your buddy it yeah exactly for sure i mean 
and I, I find it interesting with my current position because like by all means I'm, I'm comfortable and I have no real reason to go elsewhere right I, I'm, I have a salaried position everything's taken care of than I that I could need right like I could sit in this position realistically for the rest of my life um, but fitness has kind of just always had such a big place in my heart um, and it the more I kind of got into it and the more I, I studied it, uh, you know, on the side, the more I realized that I want it to be a bigger part of my life, right? Like, I don't want to just sit and be a, a, a logistics manager in the oil field for the rest of my life. So, I mean, we'll see where it takes me. But right now, I'm definitely satisfied that I'm finally taking steps to implementing it more in my life. Perfect. That actually answers my next question really well. Um, so I'll just kind of add on to that with like, uh, what kind of speed are you hoping to go at for your transition? Are you hoping to, you know, have X amount of saved up? Are you hoping to have X amount of clients uh, before you kind of make the jump? That's something I've wrestled with a lot back and forth. Um, you know, you kind of get both perspectives, right? You get the people who have started up successful businesses and, they kind of preach that you're never going to be able to plan out how things go, that you kind of just have to leap into it and adapt as necessary. And that's definitely some of the most successful people I've seen have followed something similar. But at the end of the day, I'm also kind of a planner. So um, when I first jumped into this, um, I was telling myself that I have to kind of do it as quickly as possible. I need to attain as many clients. I need to you know, I was setting out a schedule for myself um, and it, it was overwhelming and I found it kind of leached a lot of the joy out of it for me. So yeah. kind of in recent months, I've taken some steps back and just reanalyzed and tried to kind of stoke the, the love for it again. So right now I'm just kind of, I'm taking it at my own pace, right? I have the luxury where I don't have to do this for a living. Um, I can just do it as I see fit. And again, just do it purely for the enjoyment of it. Um, and I find that reflects in kind of some of the quality of, of service my clients get as well. Mm. Yeah, I uh, actually think for that, it's, it's just super important to like know, because a lot of people run into that when they turn a passion into a job is that they start to find that the joy for that passion is starting to kind of get leached. And my own theory, not backed up by any research here, is that, you know, it's not that turning your passion into your job necessarily makes you, you know, start to hate your passion or start to lo lose the joy in it. It's if you have to, you know, use that passion to meet X amount of, uh, you know, uh, X financial goals, because that's what you need to be comfortable for your current budget, when you put that expectation on the hobby uh, or even job that you're turning into, like your passion, you're turning into a job, you're going to just run into bad times because you're not, it's not realistic for, you know, a personal trainer to be making what a logistics manager is making in the oil field, uh, you know, possibly ever depending on the clientele. Right. So it's uh, I think that's generally why when you take something that you really love and try and basically monetize it too much, that's where you start running into these problems. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And I mean, it, it, 
in that fact, in that sense, it makes it harder on me coming from, you know, a higher wage. Whereas if I was working at McDonald's and trying to start this up, you know, I'd be a little bit more satisfied with whatever amount of success I see. But ultimately, I'm, I'm kind of wrestling with whenever or if I take the leap to just coaching full time, I have to real, realistically kind of adjust my expectations for standard of living, right? Um, and so, I mean, it, it does speak to to how much I enjoy this, just the fact that I'm considering that. But it, it, it's, again, part of what's wrestling in my mind with, with the timeline of, you know, how I want this to look in five, ten years or whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think it's really cool, though, that, you know, because, again, you you know, and I'll reinforce it, you don't have to make that uh jump there's no one with a gun at you saying you have to it'd just be your own self-imposed limits so if you know religious exposition is there and able to uh blossom your career in personal training still i think use the hell out of it um when it starts limiting it and you're feeling you know impacted by that limitation i think that's when you have to kind of start trying to break through to you know and really make those hard decisions about it yeah. yeah. No, agreed. End of the day, this is definitely not an industry that you're going to be making a ton of money in. So I think, I think even Shallow's talked about it, right? Like if you're in this industry for money, you're definitely in it for the wrong reason. So you got to be in it because you love it. You have to be in it because you're passionate about it. And I mean, obviously you're passionate about it. Um, just a matter of when you feel like you're ready, because I mean, obviously the financial situation will change. But uh, that's just one of the things you're going to have to kind of deal with as it comes, right? Yeah. No, and I completely agree. And that's one thing that I love about this industry in particular and about all the fellow coaches that I meet here is that, you know, the people who aren't passionate and are just here to make a, a quick buck, they don't last. They quickly realize that this isn't the place to do that, right? So typically all the people around you are just as passionate as yourself, if not more, and you know, they, they just want to learn alongside you. They just want to help because it, everybody wins in those cases, right? Um, and I don't mm -hmm. find you see that in a ton of industries these days. No. No, it, it definitely has its unique way of, like, having a high turnover rate without even, like, really wanting to. Like like you said, somebody will get in it and then they'll think you can make a killing doing it. Then they'll realize that you have to, like, build your clientele up or whether you're in person or online, right? And that takes time, like to get it actually fully established into personal training. I'd say it probably take six months or a year, right? Depends how, how aggressively you're doing it. So I think people just want that, that instant gratification and they just want that money now and they want that money. Then they don't want to wait for like to actually build it gradually and have that time. But then you also get more experience over that time too, right? Yeah, no, it's true. And I mean, that's a quick path to, to not feeling fulfilled in, in, in really anything, right? When you're pursuing just the end result rather than finding enjoyment in the journey. 100%. Right, we'll do the, uh, the next one. So what was the, the major reason for you that you wanted to transition to PT? That you wanted to switch from, from uh, your oil field stuff? Um. I mean, it, so when I first got into fitness, it, uh, it became an obsession, something I'd never really felt to this extent before. Um, 
you know, it was the type of thing that, that kept me up at night because I was just so excited. I was so driven to learn all I could and, you know, transform my body and my mind. And I just saw so much benefit in, in every aspect of my life, really, whether it be, you know, self-confidence or patience or, you know, the ability to, the ability to you know, endure discomfort or whatever. Um, and so I, I finally kind of, as that developed, it naturally reached into me trying to help out friends and family. Um, mm-hmm. And one particular um, standout in that is my, my girlfriend, who some of you may know that um, she was in a serious horcasine accident um, and lost her finger, one of her fingers, her ring finger, uh, and shattered her femur to the point that doctors said she'd never walk again. Um, and when I first met her, she had never really touched fitness. Um, and I slowly kind of introduced it to the point where now she has no problems. She used to experience pain and seizing of her legs all the time. Um, now she's just, she'll go on hikes for, you know, all day, eight hours uphill and have no problem. So, you know, after I was able to kind of transform some of the people close to me, um, I, I just still kind of wanted more. I was still craving to create more of a, a fitness aspect in my life. Um, and that's kind of ultimately what led me to the prescript courses. Um, and it was, it was intoxicating once I was around all these other coaches, like I say, who were equally inspired and passionate about it as myself, if not more so. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like, you know, if you hang around a barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. It's, it was almost inevitable when, once I joined in that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the story of your girlfriend is very inspiring. That definitely, uh, ob- obviously that was life-changing for you, right? Life-changing for her. So it makes sense as to why that kind of sparked a passion for you to get into the industry, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. I, uh, yeah, I think, go ahead. I think, uh, you know, for that, it's uh, just such a hard thing for, you know, both the person and the family going through. It's, you know, months and years of rehab to get to a point where, you know, uh, it, you know, uh, femur breaking is basically like your hip breaking. It's, you know, taking away that fundamental part of, you know, who you are walking movement. So I definitely... Um, understand some of the challenges that would have come with and you know i just want to give uh kudos to both your girlfriend and you for working through that and going through such a tough process of rehab because that rehab is brutal and like anyone who sugarcoats that is lying to people because that is hard ass work like unbelievable so uh Good work on you for helping her through that and good work on her for overcoming that challenge. No, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, she's, she's every day an inspiration to me, you know, deadlifting more than some of the guys in the gym these days. Um, you know, just seeing that someone can go through something like that and not be at all held back on the other side of it, right? Like she was issued essentially, you know, some would say it's a death sentence being told that you'll, you'll never walk again, because you take that to heart, right? You, uh, you hold on to that idea that a doctor told me this, therefore, it's true. And now you start being a little bit 
you, you vary your decisions in day-to-day life, right? You may just sit around a little bit more. You, you turn down opportunities. You, you have more of an I can't mentality. Whereas, it, you know, once you're kind of instilled with the self-confidence that fitness can give you, you, you quickly transform that into I can. And she's seen it reach into other areas of her life as well, not just movement. Well, movement would have been what started it for sure, right? Just obviously the fact that uh, she was told she'd never be able to walk, and then she was actually she was able to, right? And like you said, she's active in the gym right now. She's you know able to go on hikes, like you mentioned, and like that's a it's a huge thing. It's a huge a huge transition. So it obviously makes sense as to to why you're you're passionate about it now. And I mean, you got engaged with a great community, right? Like. Um, I'm thankful every day for meeting a lot of the prescript guys. And like, I would definitely went to met you and we went to met up with Nick if, if it weren't for that. Right. So, um, I'm thankful to be part of a community that pushes you to grow, pushes you to challenge yourself. And, uh, it's just encouraging, but also needs to tell you when you need, when you need to hear something, they're not afraid to tell you like how it is too. They're not afraid to like, let you know what's up. So it's good. It's a good crew. Very thankful. Agreed. Yeah. And we all have such a similar growth mentality. Um, I loved meeting up with you guys. And I mean, Tanner as well, like, you know, we're meeting people even outside of the prescript group now just by association. And I love it. Okay. So, uh, Stephen, if you could uh, narrow it down to like, you've touched upon it quite a bit already and just talking about it. Um, especially with just like the major reason for going to the personal training. But like, if you could boil it down to an essential core reason that you feel more fulfilled doing personal training than say, you know, working in the oil field or uh, picking up packages, like what would that essence be just so that any listeners at home uh, could, you know, take that and apply it to their own life that doesn't have to do with fitness or whatever, just to find their own passion. Yeah, I think, I mean, when you see jobs like delivering parcels or, you know, um, working in the oil field, I think some people can turn it into something that they enjoy doing and is, is a passion. But for, for the most part, most people don't enter those kind of jobs for any other reason than just to pay their bills, right? Um, and I think ultimately that just goes back to you're focused on the end result rather than the journey of it, right? And when you go into something that you just are doing it out of the pure love of doing it, um, regardless of what that looks like, you're going to, I think, automatically ascertain a lot more fulfillment out of it just because it has a deeper meaning to you, right? Like it's, it's something that gets you out of bed in the day, in the morning, sorry. Um, you know, because you just want to do it. It's not about the end result. Like I said, like it's, it's not about how much money I'm making out of fitness, um, you know, the very fact that I'm debating giving up money for it just to do it, um, you know, and, and that's not to say that, like, I feel like that every single day. There's not some grandois purpose um, or sorry, grandiose purpose for it. Um, there, there's still going to be days where you just dislike it, where you, you know, are stressed out by it. But ultimately, if your root reason is just to be doing it because you want to do it, um, I think you're on the right path really well said 
Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is um, just don't be afraid to try something new, right? Don't yeah. be and don't be afraid to pursue something that you're passionate about. Because I think a lot of people live in like their their comfort zone and they kind of live in that, and it causes a sense of complacency. And then it, you know you're you're just doing something because it it makes it meets an ends, right? Like you're you're making money, you're paying your bills you're affording you know vacations you're affording all that stuff um but when it comes when it comes down to the end of the day though if you're not fulfilled and if you're not happy with what you're doing and if you're not making an impact then then that's that's the biggest thing so um props to you man again like if you're whenever you're ready to take the leap you got my support so just just i hope you know that no i i definitely appreciate that man um and that's one of the things again like i if this would have been anything else, I don't think I would have had the courage to leap into it. But the fact that fitness has kind of helped me, like the very nature of working out every day, like nobody does it because it's comfortable, right? Like the very essence of working out is we're living in discomfort, right? Um, And I, I don't think without getting used to living in that discomfort day in and day out of the gym, I would have had the courage to live so far out of my comfort zone and take a leap like this. you have to um in in a sense you kind of have to to thrive off of that feeling right you have to also try to pursue that feeling that feeling of discomfort or that feeling of that anxiety feeling in the sense of it being beneficial to your self-improvement or your self-development i mean that's what people should strive to do and they should always be trying to push for that that next thing that makes them feel uncomfortable right um just because you never really grow living in your comfort zone so always try to do something that's going to be take you out of there and that's it man that's it yeah hey uh, no, Bryce, agreed. Uh, I mean, you have to buy me a on-air sign a what <laughs> you have to buy me an on-air sign because uh my mom just knocked on the door she brings me <laughs> in a, an ice cream sundae i'm like but uh also, bless her because she brought me an Just ice cream Sunday on a plus thirty five day. Throw the camera so sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think you there. can be mad. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I no, can't. I, I really can't. Listen, now I just got ice cream on the brain, and I don't know what I was talking about. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah. I I won't say that. Uh, you know, it, I can speak from experience here because, like, you know, uh, ultimately. I think I've alluded to it. I've talked to a lot of my close friends about it. Like there are areas about nursing that I'm very passionate about women's health specifically and like labor and delivery would love to, I'd feel fulfilled waking up every morning doing that. Other places in nursing, not so much going to nursing school, not so much. Um, So this relates back to, you know, that discomfort and that's where, you know, I'm, I was uncomfortable a lot during nursing school, but the I was still in my circle of comfort. I wasn't really expanding that zone because I just thought that was the path I had to t- go down now that I had committed to it. And I was just sticking through it. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's definitely, I didn't do it because, you know, I was seeking discomfort. I did it because it was scary to go off that path and try something else. Um, and I think, that's what's also really important for a lot of listeners at home to realize too, is that, you know, just cause something's hard or you dislike it doesn't mean it's uncomfortable. 
you might just be on a path that's the easiest for you, the path of least resistance. That's not seeking discomfort. That is living in your little comfortable bubble, even if that means working at McDonald's and you hate it or Superstore and you hate it, uh, but it's comfortable, so you keep going back day in and day out. So you don't have to go and quit your job uh, after listening to this podcast, but I do want you to take those gradual steps to try and, you know, go from the set path that you're going down, especially if you're not happy and just try and make one little change and then one little change. And then hopefully that'll blossom into a beautiful tree. I did a little motion there on uh, <laughs> this tree as a video. So you get to see that it was a little tree motion. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, it's, it's very true, man. I think more people need to, be willing to take that chance right like if if you're those for those of people that that know me like i i definitely have some history with working in um other trades so like i did work in electrical for a bit before i, I hopped into into pt and uh, my my parents wanted me to actually stay in in electrical because they thought it would be something you know secured income wise um something where i'd be able to get probably get a, a good pension probably be um union too depending where you are but it wasn't my passion, right? I wasn't happy doing it. I couldn't see myself doing it. So, um, I, I just quit and I pursued, I pursued this and they weren't happy. Like they weren't happy at all because I just quit. Um, but you also can't, the whole point though, is you can't be living someone else's life, right? Just because somebody wants you to do something doesn't mean you should be doing it. it might be what they want for you, but it's not what you want for yourself. So make sure that you're doing things every day to get you closer to your goal. And that's it. Yeah, I agree. That's the point. And I think when people are living within their comfort zone, that circle of comfort slowly gets smaller and smaller, right? Um, it doesn't stay the same, right? And, and there's going to reach a point, and we see this with a lot of people who are, you know, 60 years old and won't even step outside, right? Like, that's the end of that path, right? If you're not hmm. trying to practice stepping outside of that comfort zone, it just leads to not living at all, right? And I think that's something to be more scared of than living outside of your comfort zone. I agree completely. It's uh, it's just one of those things, you know, and, you know, it, it's not <laughs> seeking discomfort or the right thing isn't doing what's hard necessarily in terms of like going to a job you hate, not to reiterate and beat the point over the head, but, you know, it's sometimes harder to pave your own path to go away from expectations of everyone. And I think that's kind of what, you know, we're all touching upon here. It's just, you know, that be your own trailblazer. Uh, even if, you know, that doesn't mean you have to be the next business maverick or, you know, all-star PT, just do something for yourself that makes you happy. Uh, and that hopefully helps others or benefits the world overall. Yeah. 100%, man. Good point. I think the goal is just to make an impact, right? Just try to make a difference. And if that's, and if, you know, for, for Steven, that's working with some people and he, if he's hoping to help people the same way he was able to help his girlfriend, then that's awesome, right? That's how, how it starts. Just try to get in there, get some experience and just help people out. And that's, that's what we're all here. That's what we're all here for. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be big steps, right? Like the changes multiply. They don't just add up. You know, we, I've always heard that I'm sure um, mm -hmm. it every little choice that you make that's you know like you say a little outside of your comfort zone 
it just completely changes the trajectory of where you're going to be in a few years, right? Like it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be something that, you know, is changing the world. It can be as simple as just saying hello to your neighbor more often, right? Like those things have far reaching effects. And to, to not sound too cliche, but to kind of go off of the topic today, go more based off of fulfillment versus instant gratification. So make choices thinking about, your future self, it can be hard because like when you're living in the moment, you're wanting to make choices that positively impact you now. But think more about choices that are going to impact you like five years from now versus thinking about right now and things that are going to give you that instant pleasure gratification like ice cream. <laughs> like ice cream. But that's not to say you can't have ice cream. If someone drops it at your door, interrupt the podcast and eat the ice cream. It kind of sounds like a... Uh, <laughs> Like a sign, if there were a sign, right? <laughs> yeah. if that's if that the, that's the neon sign you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. live outside of your comfort zone, but make time for the ice cream. That'll be the slogan for this episode. I <laughs> actually love that. To, thanks for coming to the TED Talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? We're good. All right, let's wrap it up. Love it. We have thanks, like boys. five more questions, but let's wrap it up, baby. <laughs> I'll, I I do want to make a little a little topic here, and I do want to make a. A distinction is that when it comes to discomfort, we're more talking about um, mental discomfort, but we're also talking about safe physical discomfort. You know, there are obviously limitations. And if, if, you know, like if there's a certain movement you're doing in the gym and you feel uncomfortable doing it, the, there's a chance you shouldn't do it. So don't just thrive off of that sensation all the time. Use your instinct. I don't think I should have to say this, yeah. but yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. That, that's it. not good discomfort. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> yeah, that's, break I mean, that's, an, <laughs> that's an important disclaimer, right? Like some people, that's their initial why for, for going into the gym. And I'd say that's probably one of the few exceptions where I say, that's probably not a good reason to start is that you just want to punish yourself, right? Like there still is bad discomfort. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Some people get off on that. Yeah. That's their thing. Uh, but I'm, I'm pretty sure there's different bars you can go to where uh, the waitresses or waiters will uh, whip you. So do that instead. The great isn't bar in Lviv that did that. So, uh, isn't there yeah, that one the, bar in uh, Vegas? Masochism. Yes. That's yeah, the there's one like that too uh, where all the uh, servers will basically just talk shit about you. Really? Yeah. What's that? Uh, I forgot what it's called now. It's really, really popular and famous restaurant, though, um, that I don't remember the name of. Hmm. I've heard it. Yeah, they make, like, paper hats and write some derogatory name for each person and make you wear it the whole meal or something like that. Isn't that... Are we thinking about the same one? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, we're thinking of the same one. I think I, I went it. there when I was, like, 12. I mean, speak... Um, and they're very, they're very nice to kids. Sounds age appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, speaking of fulfillment, I wonder how somebody with a job like that would feel at the end of the day. That's always been a curious thought for me. <laughs> you know what? I think if they've been in customer service for a while or retail, they probably love it. They probably like, <laughs> oh, thank God. I finally get my revenge, you know, and they can't get mad at me because it's my job. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're the one in control of who speaks to the manager. <laughs> true 
you're carrying the hat. <laughs> um, well, our next question here was, what was the hardest thing about taking the jump? But we kind of talked about that a little bit earlier about um, more or less like your financial situation and the fact that it's salary, right? So we kind of talked about that. Um, but would you see that there's any, to get really deep here, are there any other ish, other reasonings as to why you're kind of wanting to maybe push off doing PT full-time? Yeah, I mean, there's still definitely a deep-rooted fear of, of failure, right? Um, I am a guy that prior to getting into the gym would kind of always live in my comfort zone. Um, and so that's one of the things I've, I've learned most from it, but I still have a lot of that. Like, I talk about, you know, living outside of your comfort zone and how much growth can be there, but like, it still is a big struggle for me, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, this is such a big passion of mine and it means so much to me. Um, and so if I was to fail or if I was to, uh, not be able to kind of offer the level of service that I'm hoping, et cetera, et cetera, like I would take that as a huge hit. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'd say that's one of the biggest, if not the biggest thing that's, that's kind of holding me back is just, um, I don't want to be shitty at it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I, uh, I think this kind of ties in nicely to what we talked about when we were, Kimber, if it was when we were with Nick or when we were just in your car, um, we talked about just limiting yourself to a certain amount of clients. Mm -hmm. So if you have a certain amount of clients, just limit yourself to those clients. And then that way you can service them really, really well, right? That way service won't drop off. The quality of the service stays high. Um, Because if you try to take on too much, then that's when you're probably going to be finding that maybe quality of service might drop off. And then, you know, obviously that's not your intention with it. And it's, it's obviously not your full-time thing. So you don't want to be adding more stress to, to your life. And I think that would maybe be a contributing factor to causing you to not want to do it. So you don't want to have more reason to not, to not try it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I was, like I said, when I first started in, I was pushing into that territory, just trying to get as many clients as possible. Um, and not only did I like I say, feel that the level of service was going down to each client. Um, But when I made mistakes, just because I was so focused on not drowning under everything, um, I didn't have as much of a chance to step back and and learn from each uh, interaction, right? Like when when you mess Mm -hmm. up, it's a positive thing as long as you're still learning and and growing from it, right? But if you don't give yourself that opportunity, then you're just going to keep messing up and making the same mistakes. Um, and so, yeah, with, yeah. with this foundational phase of, of coaching, that's, that's what I'm trying to give myself the opportunity to do. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you, I think you know what you need to do with it. And I just think it's, it's a matter of just kind of getting over that initial fear. Right. Cause, um, there is always that association, hundred percent. I was, I was that way, and I still even, I'm still that way even sometimes. I'm like, is this the right career to be in, right? And then, but then I think down to my core, and I think down to what I believe in. I think down to what I'm passionate about and what I want to do, and the impact I want to have on the industry. And like, then that re, recertifies why I'm actually here, and this is why what I, what I do, right? It's for me, it's not really a, it's a question. It's not really a question for me. Um, I don't know where else I would be if I wasn't here. Really well said. That's it. That's it, yeah. That's it man. You guys are, you guys are popping off with oh, banners today. It's not bad. 
just trying to keep <laughs> I up think, with uh, you fellas. that actually kind of <laughs> thank you uh, I'm doing the same Rice has got the words of wisdom today and so do you um, I think this does tie in really well to um, you know going beyond just fitness and going kind of just into the fact that a lot of the guests including you uh, are high drive individuals I think you have a unique position being a logistics manager uh, to also answer this, but how do you decide how to prioritize things in your life um, and what kind of gets done and what kind of gets pushed to the side and what, how, how you decide that kind of. I have no clue. No. <laughs> um, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a work in progress. I, I'm always trying to kind of achieve that balance and it's, it's never going to be a hundred percent. Um, it's a daily struggle, man. It, 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 you know, I'll always notice that one thing is suffering and then I'll just kind of shift focus and try to, um, focus a little bit more on that. And I mean, I'm obviously, I'm getting a little closer the longer I do it to kind of achieving a bit more of a, a balance that makes sense for me, but I don't think it's ever going to be, you know, a hundred percent. You're always going to have those struggles where something's suffering, right? Like, and that's just the nature of taking on more in your life, right? Like you have to kind of just sit back and question what means the most to me and what's going to give the most payoff um, and find where you can compromise, right? Yeah. 100%. I think, I think at the end of the day, like you, like it's, it just ties back to what we said before. You don't want to take on too much than you, than you can handle, right? Because if you if you take on way too much workload then it's going to start affecting your your personal life and you know the, the life that you have with your with your friends and your family and, and your girlfriend and stuff so you want to make sure that you have that balance because the the work life balance is hard it is it's a tough thing especially when you're trying to build a business and for you obviously working full time like you still have that obligation too right yeah no totally and i mean you want to avoid hitting that because it can hit that tipping point where now everything suffers because you're trying to do one thing more and it takes away from everything, right? You don't want that either. But um, again, it's just a constant struggle. It is, man. That's the, got to find that balance. And that's part of, that's part of life, right? All these, all the challenges that get thrown at you. Yeah. yeah. That's like a, a, you know, million billion dollar business uh, with, you know, all the, the basically the self-help industry. It's like, you know, really boiling down to how do you prioritize your time and how do you take control of your life? And, you know, there is some good advice out there. There's really bad advice too, but there's really good advice. And, um, you know, but the challenge is implementing it. And, you know, one person might have X to say about this and that would actually work in practice. Uh, but another might say the opposite and somehow that works too. Um, you know, it's kind of a mystery of what works for one person versus another for setting those priorities and actually, you know, uh, getting shit done at the end of the day. Yeah, time management's a big thing, right? Yeah. If you have really bad time management, then uh, start there. <laughs> yeah. And like, I think it's important to note that like, you know, we, we have a lot of these people that we look up to as successes like, uh, Elon Musk, like a lot of billionaires, Jeff Bezos, those sort of thing. And like, we look at them and we're like, oh, these people must be like hyper productive. And they are in their own way. They have assistance, but you also got to ask yourselves, you know, 
what's her work-life balance looking like? Not too many people know because, uh, you know, we're not there. We don't know their lives. But, you know, are they getting as much family time as they should be? Uh, are they happy with how much time they can give to their spouse or a significant other? Um, with all the divorces in the billionaire club? Uh, good question. Uh, but, yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, just be careful. No, no, you, your priorities are going to be your own at the end of the day. If your priority is making a billion dollar business, great. If your priority is to build fulfilling relationships with those around you, great. And if it's to raid World of Warcraft dungeons until you're 45 and, uh, you know, <laughs> doing whatever. Power to you. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a misconception, though, that like you bring up these billionaires and these phenons, these people who excel so far in a single avenue. Um, and a lot of people talk about when they meet these people, they're very dysfunctional in almost all other areas of their life, right? Like you meet somebody who's the best in the world at basketball, but they don't know how to make a grilled cheese sandwich. It's like, well, okay, like, yeah, they've devoted their life to this single avenue, but like, if it's at the cost of almost every other aspect in, in their life, is it worth it, right? Maybe for them, because they're this, you know, genetic freak who just has all the perfect makings to be the best in the world, by all means, pursue mm -hmm. it if that's the case. But, you know, for the average person, you're not Kobe Bryant, right? You're not going to be the best in the world at something you still need to look after the other things in your life. Yeah, really well said, actually. Mm -hmm. um, there's actually a book. Uh, I haven't read it yet, but I, uh, it go, kind of goes along into that. Um, and basically, it's just like, uh, I believe it's called Range. And it's uh, basically the subtitle is, you know, Why Generalists Rule um, or Will uh, Succeed, something along those lines. Um, and it go, kind of goes into that, you know, where, you know, you're probably not going to be the best podcaster the best basketball player you know the best billionaire uh or best businessman but you know if you can get to a certain level of success in a lot of those areas you're gonna find greater success in life overall you're gonna have a much more balanced life you're still gonna have a, a relatively happy life uh financially because you know you might not be a billionaire but it, you might be able to get yourself to a million and then you're living pretty okay too if you know what you're doing mm. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I think it comes down to, I think it comes down to like you mentioned before too, just about your priorities, right? And um, if you're willing to put in the time, like obviously for like Elon Musk or Bezos, like they had to work super hard, but now they're at the point now where like they're a big part of the company, but I, I doubt they're actually there that much. Yeah, like I Jeff doubt, Bezos I just stepped down. Yeah, I yeah. doubt they're ever there, right? So I mean, like they worked really hard to get to the point that they're at obviously like they had to sacrifice a lot of like family time and a lot of other things to get to where they are but now they can enjoy the things that they weren't enjoying before now mm -hmm. but just with like billions of dollars <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and a lot of these guys like the steve jobs of the world right like he wears the same thing every day he does the same routine every day because he only wants to make you know maybe three decisions per day right like He's, he's prioritizing so much to the extent that he's just focusing on those three things. Um, and when you look at it from that perspective, right, like he's accomplishing a lot less than we are. He just has 
he's built more than we have and he has a team assembled around him that complements everything else that he's not doing right um and i think that's one of the most brilliant um factors of a good leader is knowing how to assemble a team around you that complements all of your weaknesses and being in touch enough with yourself to know what those weaknesses are 100 percent because uh we all have them we all have to work through them and uh, work around them so um building you know taking a strength-based approach to your team building and even who you give leadership to for certain things is super important because you know uh, you might be a, a big ideas guy but not want to get bogged down in the details that might not be your strong suit so you know getting someone to actually come on your team and figure out those small details and how to break it down fantastic that's going to make for a better uh, more efficient team uh, compared yeah. to you know try, trying to be it all uh, like bryce and i doing uh the <laughs> logos for flex cortex this this is our best one and like that was re-inditions re-inditions and re-inditions you shouldn't the yeah. first few are locked away forever and it's like the Ark of Covenant. You see it, and you just turn into a skeleton. Like, ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The I remember the because at some point this was all just a thought, right? We're like, oh, it'd be cool to do a podcast yeah. at some point. But then I remember we were we were sketching up some logos, and the first couple that we made were like, "How's this?" And we look back at them now. We're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine if? Could you imagine if we went with those? Like, yeah. Oh God. But Ugh. kudos on you guys like, for going for it. I mean especially in the prescript world, you guys, you guys were kind of the trailblazers. You were one of the first to really start podcasts. Everybody followed you, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, technically shallow, right? Shallow's the big dog. Yeah, but, of course, of course. Um, but out of the, out of the crew, I think out of the immediate crew. Yeah. I think I might've, uh, we might've started it. So it's kind of cool. So kudos. <laughs> There you go. Is there an applause thing on here? Yeah, there's actually, an there on here, is. There? <laughs> <laughs> there is. Oh, that's loud as heck for the viewers at home. The oh, live sorry. studio audience approves. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Man. All right, man. We're just we have a couple more things, and we're just gonna wrap this one up. Uh, All right. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think you you've covered the you know. Do you feel, feel fulfilled doing personal training? I think the answer is a yes. We'll confirm with you, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the answer is most of the time, right? Like, I'm not going to yeah. sit here and lie to you that every day I wake up and think that I'm on top of the world doing exactly what I need to be doing. There's always going to be that that doubt in your mind, right? But the majority of the time, yeah, I, I do feel fulfilled chasing this. Good. And... uh what kind of advice would you give a person feeling unfulfilled in their current profession? You've touched upon a lot of it. Hopefully a person could take a lot from this, but if you could just succinctly, basically I want a nice tagline slash, uh, you know, video clip uh, that (laughs) embodies the energy of ice cream. Absolutely. No pressure. Hey, Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, like, it's, it's, it's going to come from change, right? Like the more you resist that, the more you're going to feel dissatisfied with your life, right? Like people who feel stuck, people who feel they're just pursuing vain, you know, end goals, um, they're not going to wake up looking forward to going to work each day, right? 
they're not going to want to keep doing what they want because they only want one thing out of that job and it's not the job itself right um going back just again if you can find something that you want to do just because you want to do it um find a way to do that you're going to be able to find somebody who you know is willing to pay for it if you get good enough at it right there's there's a way to monetize everything we live in the the age of the internet right just um you know find what you love and don't be afraid to at least partially implement it into your life take baby steps and um you know i think you'll surprise yourself at how it starts to spiral upwards there's um there's only fans for feet picks <laughs> so if there's if the if people can make money doing that you can make money doing something you're passionate about yeah i i'm pretty sure you could have like talk. woodwork uh phalluses you could work work a palace and uh put that onto only fans and do a different <laughs> one every day and you'd, you'd make some money i don't know about how much but you make some money probably i mean they point say that is, point is go ahead i was about to say something <laughs> inappropriate it's all good <laughs> <laughs> maybe i was gonna say point is pursue your dreams guys yeah as cliche Take as your that wooden phalluses. <laughs> yeah but to uh to wrap this thing up, what, uh, what are some things you'd like to accomplish within the next year? Honestly, um, I, I'm avoiding as much as I can setting concrete targets because, again, that just puts a rush on me and removes the joy out of it. I want to just continue developing this um, and continue finding the joy in it um, and find ways to help each others and, and learn more myself, really. It's, you know, it's, it's not a numbers goal for me. It's just purely... Uh, you know, a fulfillment goal. Mr. Stephen Dell, everybody. Again, we have a clapping thing, but actually, you know yeah, what? We decided to... you you've you've earned it. You you need. You're getting the cheer. If I can find it, I mean, it's a live <laughs> studio audience, guys. <laughs> Mr. Stephen Dell. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, going to talk show. That's a it's long 36 one. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> we no, Jens, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was, a, it was a really good discussion. I love it. But yeah, man. Thank you for making the time to come on. Of course. Uh, we, hope that, we hope that this talk has inspired some listeners and some, uh, some viewers, if they, if they watch the stream, to take a chance and uh, try something that you're, that you're passionate about. And don't stay in your comfort zone. And... Uh, yeah, if we can if we can make one person decide to try to try for something that they wouldn't normally do, then that's awesome. And eat but, the ice uh, cream. Yeah, eat the ice cream. Eat the ice cream. <laughs> there you go. But man, where can people stay up to date with what you do and uh, and everything? Yeah, right now mainly um, my Instagram at dollbodymind, D A H L body mind, and um, I try to put out as much good content there as possible and keep people informed on my comings and goings they're bangers appreciate that i think that's well said that's uh it's <laughs> true uh, i got to see the uh, shared post the other day uh i shared one on the story so it was pretty good so i'm gonna go drop you a follow after this uh and everyone listening should do that too um thank you so much for ha- uh, being on here we've really enjoyed having you great talking to you 
you're one of the greats and uh, you've continued the long tradition of us bringing on uh, more attractive guests than we are. So thank yeah. you. Is that the only reason you put it on video this time? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we have to monetize the beauty of it, too. A shot at Ian and Thayer. <laughs> we love you guys, okay? We love you guys. Yeah, we we'll have you on again for the video. Thanks again, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay. Right. Wait, I, don't, I don't know if uh, the world can handle uh, Stephen and uh, Ian all on the same call with us. That would, that would be chaos. And I kind of want to see it. It's too much heat, man. I'm yeah. interested. You know where to reach me. Uh, that's good stuff. Anyways, guys, we appreciate you tuning into this one. And we'll catch you at the next one, all right? All right see ya.